Y'all, welcome back. I am incredibly excited because these two fine South Dakota gentlemen, I've been wanting to have them on the show for years. I mean, literally for years. Carly, uh, Justin's wife, was like the first or second interview we ever did on this show. So, I mean, and I know the millions of you out there listening, I know you're big fans of anybody from South Dakota because I've had a few South Dakotans on and seem to track well. So get excited because we got two of South Diesel's finest tonight. We got Kip. We got Justin, and honestly, I'm excited because in many ways, I mean, specifically Kip, but honestly, both of y'all, you guys are, like, pretty opposite of me. Like, I mean, Kip's a registered nurse, Justin is a lawyer, so, like, y'all are just obviously smarter than me, but, like, y'all have, like, y'all have, like, skills. Like, Kip can, like, hunt and shit. Like, Kip, Kip, true or false, did you, did you build your own garage? Like, you, 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 from scratch, you built a garage, right? Yeah, I mean, I could have done a lot without my dad, but, yeah, essentially... You know, had the concrete poured, and then Dad and I put the walls up and the ceiling and and everything else. So that is ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it's not ridiculous. That's that's a thing that I'm guessing a lot of people. I mean, you know, maybe know how to do, but it is something I wouldn't know from step one anything about that nonsense. So I mean, it, it, obviously, I, I, I'm honestly really excited just because I want I want to delve into just the idea. Because I mean, you guys were both born and raised in Pierce, South Dakota, right? I'm not making that up. I, I actually, this is Justin. I actually was born in Louisiana, so down south, down, down near your that. neck of the woods, Joseph. I but knew that. I, from a young age, moved to South Dakota when I was about eight years old. So I, okay. I claim South Dakota as my home or whatever, but Fair. I spent a little bit of time down in in the south. So all right, so you got some Bayou in your blood, but yeah, like y'all are. I mean, you guys. What was your high school? How many people graduated in your high school? And this is a public. The only high school in town, the one high school in town, how many people graduated your class? We had probably 300 and some, 320 or some. 320 seniors? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. I'm not too sure on the exact number, but. But yeah, Yeah. give or take. Call it 300 just just for a ballpark. That's wild. I mean, there, there are schools, uh, obviously, in bigger cities. I mean, that's not, that's not <laughs> interesting information, but there, that is the idea of a public school being that, I mean, I guess small is just interesting to me. But, yeah, I've got so many questions. Like, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed that I've been wanting to, I want to hit you guys with so many questions. But before we do, obviously, our audience needs to get to know you guys as people. We have a, uh, I mean, it, it's a very serious hard-hitting quiz about to hit you guys with like this is scientifically formulated personality test are, are, are you ready for, we're, we're gonna deep dive right now are you guys ready for this hit let's me. hope so perfect question one get ready i hope you're prepared question one would you rather be an antelope a bighorn sheep or a mountain goat okay i'll go first um <laughs> I'm thinking actually a bighorn sheep. So, Mm. you know, antelope, uh, there's quite a large antelope hunting season uh, in South Dakota anyway. So you're talking thousands and thousands of antelope tags that you're probably getting chased for like three months out every fall. Bighorn sheep tags actually in South Dakota, there's only like three given in South Dakota of all bighorn sheep in all of South Dakota. So as far as a safety thing goes, uh, bighorn sheep are pretty good. But then mountain goat is too similar, like three. But... I think they're just on all those peaks more than maybe bighorns, but yeah, I go with bighorn sheep. Although, uh, good uh, good thing here is uh, there's a large bighorn sheep herd in uh, the uh, Badlands of South Dakota, and just um, they had a bunch of mortality signals on them that came through um, oh. over this past year and wiped out a, a ton of bighorn sheep um, out of that Badlands region. So this maybe not humans. bighorn sheep. Yeah, but that's not humans. You know, nobody's hunting them. They just like had like a disease yeah i mean I, I don't know exactly but they're notoriously to get like pneumonia and stuff that gets crossed over from like uh, domestic sheep and cattle so once it gets into those populations they, it can wipe them out pretty good so i can't remember exact numbers i thought it was around like maybe half of the ones in in badlands um Yo. died this coming up but so yeah i'd say bighorn sheep or or mountain goat it's probably a pretty safe bet as far as uh you know, you probably get hit by a car, but probably pretty safe from hunters because there's just not many tags around. That's wild. Well, I'm going to go a different direction and say 
I, I think the mountain goat. I don't have any intellectual uh, support or background <laughs> for reason for it. I just think that a mountain goat would be cool. That's that's basically all I have to support that. Fair <laughs> enough. I picked antelope for the same reason. I was like, I think they're fast. They'd be kind of fun. But like that's I I certainly didn't take into account, and that is a perfect step one of this show. I didn't take into account the idea of of who would be hunted and how many tags are given. So that I love that that is the first thing you went to. So when you say three tags, that means three bighorn sheep. A year can be shot is that all it is ish yeah i mean i think don't call me like three or four and actually one of the bighorn sheep tags gets auctioned off at the at the rocky mountain elk foundation banquet okay. and it literally historically went for i can't remember like a hundred thousand dollars <gasps> for this tag for the and option they, they auction to one shoot off. an animal and so actually it happened is a few years ago a world record bighorn sheep got shot in the badlands so it brought all this national attention. Mm. The next year, the tag went to like three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars for just a chance at a bighorn sheep tag that in uh, the Badlands. And actually, how- the, the rumor is, and it was never been like confirmed, but the uh, Powerball winner that was from like Western South Dakota, that rancher yeah, kid, yeah. Uh, Neil Wanless, I think is his name. Anyway. The the bidder was like an N Wanless that won it, so I haven't confirmed anything, but everyone assumes it was the uh, millionaire Powerball winner that yeah. paid the three hundred and some thousand dollars for that tag a few years he ago. Yeah, the scratch for it, of course it was. That's why this yeah. isn't a question I was going to ask y'all, but like, it, it, have you ever hunted any of these? Have you ever gone like elk hunting, or or not even elk, but like bighorn sheep or mountain goat hunting? Is that is it like difficult? I mean, bighorn sheep, mountain goat, just because there's so many tags, like no, I haven't been hunting those. Antelope, um, I'm kind of on a drought here because I haven't been drawn, but yes, I have hunted antelope and it is delicious. Is it? It's one of it's one of my favorites, <sighs> dude. I mean, I've had some of the South Dakota beef. Like we split that cow or whatever one time. Like that is it, hands down the best meat I've ever eaten in my life. So I'm, I'm a I'm a take your word that that's probably true too. Question two, and this one's important. Uh, this one's very important. Uh, we're sticking with the animal theme. Which animal would you rather be? Would you rather be a jackrabbit or? The obviously better coyote. <laughs> I'll start this one. I mean, <laughs> obviously you got to be the predator, not the prey, right? Come on, like, you got to be the coyote. Come you know, on, yeah. man. <laughs> got to be the coyote. Obviously, you know, forgetting the fact that one of the schools in state of South Dakota is much superior to the <laughs> other, putting that completely aside, I still have to go with the coyote over the jackrabbit. <laughs> and by the way. I should clarify that it's a coyote, it is a not coyote. a coyote. I had to learn that for for my Texan friends listening. Uh, first of all, to lean you in on the joke, USD, University of South Dakota, is the coyotes, and SDSU, South Dakota State, is the jackrabbits. But also, we call them coyotes. Like, the South calls them coyote. Yeah. It's, it's Wiley E. Coyote and Roadrunner. Do you guys call them Wiley E. Coyote? Funny enough, no. I grew up watching the you know those cartoons and stuff. It was Wiley Coyote. Interesting. And, and there's a professional hockey team, the Phoenix Coyotes. Everyone knows that they're the Coyotes, even up yeah. here. But, you know, if I were to be out and see a coyote, which I have some in my backyard yeah, you do. every now and then, I say, oh, look, there's some coyotes out there. Yeah. I don't say there's coyotes out there. It's a yote. It's not a yote, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, I, I believe it. Uh, so, Kip, I'm just going to assume you're, you're a coyote, obviously, there. Yeah, I would think so. I was gonna, I was thinking into like you know, you know, predator prey type situations and, and hunting situations. But yeah, yeah, I think coyote would probably be the best chasing. You know, wait, wait, chasing just stop there. Coy- coyote's the best. Yeah, we're just gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna isolate that sound and just have you loop that like at the end of the episode. Just like Kip is a big fan, big big fan. Do it. I'll get it. Kip's Kip's obviously an SDSU fan. You get it. How many times a year? And I'm certain. I mean, I, I, in my head, I'm guessing it's like fifty, sixty plus. How many times a year do you guys visit Mount Rushmore? Is it like like every weekend? Is it like twice a week? How often? How often do you guys go? Well, so. Growing up in South Dakota, I remember going to Mount Rushmore as a child, once or twice total, probably. Um, and then I now live within probably 50 miles of Mount Rushmore. And since we've lived here, which has been probably three years, I've visited one time, just only <laughs> simply because to it. take my kids there. I've got yeah, young yeah. kids that are toddlers that love that kind of stuff. And we took them there and. 
they didn't think it was all that great. You know, <laughs> I was my a kids were bored to tears. I took both mine, whatever year that was, and they're just like, "All right, so like, what, uh, there's not like, there's no toys, there's no <laughs> playground. Like, what are we doing?" Here? Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. I mean, Kip, you were just out there. Like, you you just got back from the town that has Mount Rushmore. Did you did you even bother to swing by? Yeah, you know, it's not much of a swing by, but I mean, similar to Justin, <laughs> I think you know, visit maybe once or twice as a kid. And there was a long drought and then recently went back a few years ago as we were doing like a family vacation there or whatever. But yeah, I don't need to go anytime soon again. That's for sure. I love it. It One one of the things I do love out in the hills though is those caves. Oh dude. I I love me a cave tour. They're awesome. It's it's so unlike anything else. It's such a unique thing to walk around. You go to a different place. I mean, it's just like right here and somewhere deeper and whatever, but it's just like, Man, I mean, it's it's a different world. Love them. I, I like them a lot. It's as close as I could ever get. Like, there's a few in Texas too, but there's it's as close as you can get to going to like another planet. Like you are fully sure it smells different. It feels different. It, it, you can almost taste the air. It's a little different. Like it, it is just a, a completely different experience. But I I forgot to even had those. But I didn't go enough. All right. When's the last time that you guys used the word y'all? Ever? I mean, literally, it, it, is that even in your lexicon? I use y'all mostly with you, Joseph, just almost as an in-joke. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll say ironic. y'all in text message when, you know, we'll text back and forth and I'll use, I'll purposely use y'all or if we're talking, I'll use it. But honestly, outside of just like the guy I know from Texas, I don't <laughs> use y'all very often. I love it. I love it so much. Gip, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. And then, you know, just kind of like how the, the thankful banner you have in, in the back of your uh, right shoulder there or whatever. You know, I think you used to have a y'all uh, on your wall. So then we'd come over and be like, y'all, you know. Live, laugh, love, but, y'all. It's everywhere. We, yep. put it, we put it all over the house. <laughs> all right. Uh, last question here. When is the last time that you went ice fishing? Is that is that an activity that you enjoy? And, and how often do you do it? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I think uh, last weekend, um, and actually I have some news to share. You're looking at the uh, Pure Winter Fishing Weekend Panfish Champion, Holy by the way. Shit. So a oh, few weeks ago, man. we had the Large Mowbridge Fishing Tournament, which is actually, uh, it's a walleye-only fishing tournament on Lake Oahe, and there's like 500 and some two-man teams that go to it. And literally to get a spot in that tournament, it's so popular they do eBay spots, $3,500 to get Whoa. a spot in that tournament. It's a guaranteed spot. And uh, Pier has had one maybe for five, ten years. They're trying to make it like a Mobridge um, where essentially uh, it, it's kind of harder to get into now. But when I started getting into it years ago, it wasn't. Um, and anyway, that one's getting to be about $500 just to get in and secure a spot. And wow. uh, this is the first time me and my brother, we actually, you can fish anywhere in South Dakota on this Pier one. And uh, we actually drove all the way to Lake Thompson, which is like two and a half hours away. Well, do you want fish me to edit for this? Are you sure you want to give out your secret spot? I don't know. Are oh, you yeah. Because we have a lot of <laughs> listeners in South Dakota, so I don't want to give away your so secrets. Google, so Google Lake Thompson and you'll know why you're safe. This is a massive lake. It's okay. insane. And, uh, yeah, we caught a bunch of big, nice crappies, brought them back. And, yeah, we won the first place in the panfish division. And me and my brother got 500 bucks. So, Bruh. Yeah. The first time you ever entered it, you showed up and won the thing? Oh, no. We've been doing it for maybe five years now, and this is the first time we've actually won money. So Hell, yeah. I didn't realize we had royalty on this show right now. I'm going to have to adjust the title before I post this thing. Yeah, and before that, we did... Pure Championship Fisher, Kipstall. Yeah. (laughs) And before that, it was two weeks before that, I went to uh, Mobridge and slept out on the ice, uh, went up on Saturday morning, Fished all day and then pop, pushed up a, a insulated ice tarp or shack and then slept out on the ice, fished all night with rattle reels, and then drove home the next morning. So, I have so many questions about that. But, Justin, have you ever and do you like to ice fish? I have been ice fishing. Last time I went ice fishing was a couple of years ago. Kip took me. He did not pay $3,500 to go take me ice fishing. I was, I'm disappointed hearing that. Yeah, But on, we, we went fishing on a little uh, stock dam in, like, rural, like, grasslands of South Dakota. And right. I think we caught a couple little ones or whatever, but it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, you go out there, and for someone who's not all that experienced or know much about it, you know, I was like, oh, shit, are we going to – 
we're gonna drive out on this ice we're we walking out on this ice and we didn't drive on it i don't know okay. maybe it was thick enough that we could have driven on it but it wasn't very far so we just walked out on it and kip would probably be able to correct me but the ice was probably 12 to 18 inches thick you know so i was like okay i feel that's pretty safe but maybe that's not thick enough to drive on i have no idea yeah kip when you say you slept on the ice i mean you have a, a sleeping bag and you're sleeping on the on the ice so yeah actually i took my dad's uh utv Polaris ranger and just packed it full of stuff so i had a you know my ice shack um i had a cot heater and sleeping bag and essentially you just kind of fish till you know till you want to go to bed and then just hop in a sleeping bag with the little mr buddy heater on and and uh go to bed and Woke up a few times. There's a rattle reel they call it, so you're always fishing at night, and it kind of reels around when you got to fish. So you'll hear a, a bell, kind of ting, 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 and then you wake up and and reel in a fish. Hopefully, you it's roll there. over reeling in a fish. Yeah, and go back to That's bed. That's amazing. Holy yeah, it's a good I mean, time. I, it's it's pretty fun. I, oof, I mean, we have differing opinions on what a good time is, but that is I've ne- like that is just such a, a bizarre activity. I mean, it's fine. Hey, go have fun. Who gives a shit? I've, I've passed out on park benches. I don't care if you sleep on the ice. Do whatever you want to do. But like the idea that you would be mid dream, wake up, oh shit, got a fish, and then what? You just go back to bed? Like you like that? You reel it in? I, I throw it in the cooler, and then just that's it. You roll back over? Yeah, kind of. I mean, depends how big it was. These were kind of small, so you didn't get really too excited. But uh, another thing is there's. At night, the ice cracked so much that it was almost hard to sleep because it was just like clanging. It just clanged so loud. And actually, they say is uh, loud ice is good ice because it, it's 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 expanding. It's making more ice. Ah. Um, so it's okay if it's loud. Actually, when ah. when things are quiet, uh, you know it, you're not making it's ice at that out. point. Yeah, could thin it out. See the same. It's just you know when it's loud. That's actually a good sign. But it's a uh, hard concept to uh to get when it's just so loud and crackling all the whole time oh man and it I, i'm obviously they, they have heaters that are made to do this kind of thing but the idea that you would have a, a heater on the ice like I, i'm just obviously picturing you're gonna melt and fall through like is it just like a it's not like a super strong heater or like I, i'm i'm seriously infinitely curious about this it is it's just a crazy concept to me that that is so foreign like what how warm are you with this little heater i mean i had probably on low i mean um, you could have it on high, but you'd be in like a t-shirt and shorts. It just gets so hot in there, but it doesn't really melt down in the ice. You get a little bit of ice melt on the top, maybe like a half inch or whatever, but I did put some rubber mats out just so you could actually like walk around okay. without your boots on and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily fall through. I mean, I don't know exactly, but I, I remember like hearing stories or having pictures of people doing like bonfires on lakes where they just take a bunch of sticks and trees what? and stuff and light them on fire, but it didn't really like sink down into the ground like you say i think a, probably a layer of water forms it kind of acts as insulation to to not you know melt the ice per se i'm not sure exactly on the science but um you wouldn't necessarily fall through just from having a heater or or anything like wow. that i wow i seriously i had no idea you could even attempt such a thing the, the idea that you would have fire you have fire on ice bro <laughs> fire bro no that really does that it blows my mind. But also, guys, get excited because that brings us to this week's quiz, everybody. Believe it or not, we're doing a quiz on ice and how thick it needs to be. So, Justin, you might be fucked because you already said 12 <laughs> to 16 inches, and that is way, way wrong. So, uh, first question, gentlemen. Now, this one's depressing, but we're going to start with it anyways because whatever. How many ice fishing deaths happen per year in North America? I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It's less than 100. How many, pick a number, how many people literally fall through and die whilst ice fishing in North America? I'm going to guess first, I guess, because I, I probably have less uh, experience in, in knowing what that would be. I'm going to say 12. I can't imagine it's very many. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with uh, 50. And ironically, they're actually looking for a gentleman up on uh, Lake Oahe right now. Are they? He, oh, shit. He's from like the Wakpala area. He was drive, supposedly driving Joseph, a truck. Too soon. Him. Too soon, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> he, they can't find him or his truck. And the pure dive guy, uh, Caleb Gilkerson, he owns Central Divers, has been looking for him. They're dragging around like a sonar to try to detect a metal. But essentially Holy it's probably shit. in like 
40 some feet of water and Lake Hawaii gets really deep. So it, it's, it's tough to, to find people to fall through. But yeah, it's, wow. what did I say? 50? Yeah. Yeah. That's I was going way 50. high. It's way high. Five, uh, five. And that's all of North America, Canada and America combined. Je- but again, that's specifically, they were out ice fishing. Not like there are plenty more ice deaths, but, uh, uh, the just ice fishing five. Now then how many people die falling through the ice be it snowmobiling, fishing, hiking, snowshoeing, all of it combined. And this is according to www.outdoorsnw.com. How many fall through the ice, and that's the end, per year? I'm going to guess that number is a lot higher because I think we've heard stories of people who a common story that you hear is, you know, somebody will go out walking their dog or whatever, their dog sees something maybe Mm. in the water, they'll go run kind of out on the ice or whatever. And then their dog's struggling. They go out, try to save their dog and end up drowning or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say that number is more like per year. You said, yeah, gosh, I'm going to say, I don't know, 150. Yeah. Good. Good guess. Justin. I, I, you know, I'll do, uh, I'll do 300. Uh, 7,900 people per year, gentlemen. What? <laughs> Holy shit. I, 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 all I know is that's where I fact-checked it on a couple different websites, but the one I found was OutdoorsNW.com. Holy shit. So to prevent anybody listening from ever having that be an issue, how thick should ice be before you walk on it? How many inches? So I, I, I'm not sure exactly the numbers, but they say t- – actually – they actually say ice holds more weight than you think it's gonna. But well, oh, wait a minute, Kip. We're trying to keep people safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with two inches here. But I'm. I'm telling you, like, ice can hold way more than you think. As far as it, it's just the variation in the ice, the heaves in the ice, and the cracks in the ice that really cause the danger. Because I know there was just sheet ice, and we were fishing one spring out here in Pier, and my buddy hops on it, and he's just standing there. It's just like this iceberg floating in the water very small like the size yeah. of maybe like uh five by five he stands on it and he's floating so i mean yeah he's just surfing really really small yeah. but so, so i'm going two inches all right i guess i don't know i would have no like reference point other than what kip just said so based on that <laughs> i'm gonna say three inches i don't know <laughs> You're, both of you are you're basically four is what everything I could find, multiple different websites, minimum four inches. But yeah, like everywhere I found, which is so surprising, it, it, everything corroborates Kip's stories. Like ice is somehow like way stronger than I personally, me, would have ever thought. Like four inches, I, I, I thought it would need to be in like the feet. I thought we had to be at least like six feet of fucking ice before you can. Do, nah, it's like four inches. How thick should it be for a truck? If you're going to drive a truck on it, how how thick does the ice need to be to support the weight of a you know obviously two thousand twenty five hundred pound whatever truck? So I'd say since your 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 figures seem to be a little conservative, probably in my opinion, I'm going with. <laughs> um, I would say it's it's probably not unheard of for people to probably recklessly drive like twelve to fourteen, but I'm saying like sixteen, maybe sixteen to eighteen. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I'm going to say, like, if if I don't have Kip with me, I'm not driving on no fucking ice. Period. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, or, or I'm going to call Kip. I guess if I had to drive on some ice, I'm going to call Kip. <laughs> so, or uh, now the, Joseph. So. Yeah, shit. I, dude, I don't know. But honestly, Kip, dude, you nailed it. Uh, 12 to 15 is what many multiple websites recommended and uh, you know i know you backed it up to 16 to be safe but you nailed 12 to 14 is right i mean that that's apparently and again i'm stunned by that but that's all it takes about a foot and you can drive on this shit all right last question and this one's this one's tough guys i don't know that you're gonna be able to get this one but i i got faith in you who is the current royal ice master harvester Elsa. Elsa from... <laughs> you are so close. It's Christoph Borgman from Frozen. He got Frozen, it. I, yeah. I'm sure you guys all remember, but at the end of the movie, they gave it. You get the idea. But yeah, that's, uh, that's literally, I, I had 
no idea that that's a thing that you could even drive on ice. I mean, that, that it was ever like safe, but there's pictures of people like literally, uh, yeah, no, Justin, you're, you're, you're little instant message. You can totally fucking cuss on this shit. Okay. Like, all right. Cause <laughs> I, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Although we do have, literally, we do have a couple people, a couple of listeners that had like listened to it with their kids. So like, I mean, Hey, you know what you, uh, fuck it. How often do y'all lock your shit? Cars, houses, front doors, etc. How often do you actively think about like, oh, I need to lock that shit before I go to bed? Is that even a thought you have? So yeah, I think habitually I do. Um, I, I make sure the the front door is locked, and if the if the car's outside, I like to lock it. It might be more of you know habit. I do know hear, heard of a few times where like I assume it's just kind of kids going through cars here in the pier area. Like you just get to kind of get a random bunch of cars that got went through maybe some money stolen maybe change maybe this yeah. or that nothing like you know uh, you know real hardcore but yeah i try pretty hard and also this is like my inner dad in me you know he just like <laughs> i mean that, that dude locks his car if he's like going more than 10 feet from it or whatever so just like growing up with fully. it I he just like uh, you know security got you lock it up you know so wow i i, I didn't know that was gonna be your answer uh, justin how about you yeah, I mean, I do out of habit almost, but for the most part, like, I mean, I grew up where we would never lock our house at night and things like that, and it was unlocked, like, all the time. And, in fact, it, the the key to my, the house that I grew up in, my parents' house, they still live there, the key was in the thing. So, like, you could yes. unlock it if you wanted. It was just convenient to, like, yeah. you know, leave it unlocked. And I think more recently, you know, not that there's been an uptick in crime in small town, South Dakota or whatever, but I think just, just like some of the awareness that people have just more on a national level, I think they've started to kind of take more effort to try to lock and stuff like that. But I mean, still like I could go without locking my house or my car and probably be fine. That's yeah. That's the, the, when I, when I first moved to pier, uh, we were outside playing, and like, thankfully, we got real lucky. Our neighbors had kids that were my kids' age or whatever. We were outside playing, like, whatever ball game in the street, just, like, messing around. And uh, the dad was like, yeah, I've got another glove in my truck. And I, and I was like, oh, cool. And I was, like, waiting for him to, like, unlock it. Or, like, I wasn't trying to be rude, but I was like, so you're going to unlock And he goes, oh, it's open. Just, just you know, going on in there. I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? It's, what do you mean it's open? Like, it, I mean, it's, I didn't question. I just tried to, like, play it cool as if, like, I'm used to this. But, like, that is such a foreign concept to me that it is very hard like it like it, even when you were growing up then when you would go on like vacations i mean you would you lock your car like if you drove out of town you'd lock your car right yeah i mean when we'd go out of town and things like that we would we would lock up but funny enough is usually like the neighbors like everyone in the neighborhood had a key or knew how to get in <laughs> so it was like I mean, yeah it's a beautiful it's, thing it's technically locked but like if people wanted to get in i mean you know they could probably get in and you know but that's is the assumption just i mean and again it, i i i love the concept that you could trust an entire city that is just so foreign to me but is that just the kind of the concept like yeah we pretty much know everybody everybody's kind of safe like i i feel comfortable with this is that is that the base of it yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think, like I said, I think maybe more so in more recent times, that's maybe become less of a prominent thing. But I would say for the most part, you know, we're not dealing with a lot of the same type of issues that you hear about necessarily in bigger places and yeah. things like that. So for the most part, like, I do lock my car, my house, but at the same time, if I forget to, like, I'm not worried about it. Like, I don't, you don't have to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I got to go Yeah, I, oh, the, leave work. and go The amount of times I've gotten out of bed, like the amount of times, like, you know, my wife and I have been laying down and been like, oh, shit, did we lock the thing? Oh, I guess, all right, I'll get it. Like, that you, that you don't even need to question. Like, that is how life should be, obviously. But that is just a beautiful thing and, and honestly probably quite rare these days. It's a, I, I friggin' love it. Kip, is, I imagine same thing for you. Like, is it just the, the younger generation is kind of pulling away, but it's still the, the baseline is just trust or whatever? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I try pretty hard to lock the door if I'm not going to be there at night. But, yeah, as Justin said, it's just kind of, you know, if you forget to lock it, you're really not worried about it. You're really not going through, like, checking to make sure everything's there. But, you know, your comment, uh, your comment, um, Joseph, kind of made, do you park your car in the garage? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you, do you have one or two car stall garage? Two. Oh, okay. So hardly ever outside then, right? 
Never. Literally never. I don't oh, even, okay, that's, gotcha. that's not even a thing. No. Not that that alone is just a th- fuck that I don't even I I want an extra layer of metal between whoever else is out there and my stuff. Because I just I I inherently don't trust people. <laughs> I thought we were gonna transition into um people that use their garages as storage units and never park a garage in it. I was I was gonna I was gonna be like, no, I I I don't park my, my car in the garage because there's a bunch of stuff in it. I'm like, I was like, okay, <laughs> so let's talk shit. about this. <laughs> well, I just have no, to, I, I just have to quickly say before we transition to that that Joseph's point about making sure that he has his car indoors for safety reasons. No, no, I want yeah. my car indoors because I want like when it's cold as shit outside and it's snowing or frozen. I want to be able to get in my car in a nice warm car. That's literally <laughs> the main reason why I have my car inside, not for any security yeah. or anything else. <laughs> I don't want to have to like scrape ice off the windshield. I just, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another thing. That's a whole separate issue. God damn, that's another thing too. In fact, that's a, a question I wanted to get to later. But well, no, let's start here. All right, let's try and keep this thing on track. When you were growing up in Pier, did you did you know it was a small town? Like, it, what was? What is the perception of locals as like a 12-year-old of peer? You know what I mean? Like, Are you thinking like, oh, there's bigger cities out there, I'm missing out? Or are you thinking, oh, these city folks, they're missing out because what we have here is, and it is, friggin' idyllic. What does 12-year-old you think of peer? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it always seemed bigger when you were a kid, obviously, but then as you grow and everything, and, and I still get shell-shocked going into actually big cities at times. You're like... You know, as you're like flying over a city and you're going to land and something, just look at all these other people. You kind of forget you live in your own little zone, you know, and, and this yeah. is all it's important forever. And just meanwhile, there's just, you know, what, 330 some million people million. in just the United States. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, yeah, at the time I thought it was, you know, bigger. I mean, you went to like Sioux Falls and at times went to Minneapolis, maybe some bigger cities, but it just never really clicked on size, you know. Hmm. And, no, that makes sense. That, that made, Kip or Justin kind of same idea there? Yeah, I mean, my only slightly different perception would be that, you know, I do remember being born and stuff like that in a smaller town or a bigger town, sorry, than Pierre yeah, yeah. in in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is not like this huge town or whatever, but it's slightly bigger. And I remember we would go to New Orleans and stuff a couple of times. So, you know, I had some of that experience, but at the same time, like not a ton of it. So 12 yeah. year old me was thinking Pierre was fairly decent sized town and this is kind of how most people's experience was growing up you know like maybe slightly different weather or whatever but for the most part a lot of it was very similar so then of course when you get older and as kip mentioned you know as you get older and experience those bigger cities and things things like that you still kind of get like oh yeah there's just little things here some of them not so little here and there that are just vastly different that you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it takes a lot longer to get from one Dude. side of the city to the other side of the city or whatever. So Just traffic. When I first moved <clears throat> there, I was stunned how easy. Like, I had a couple sales calls. Like, there's a couple of electrical spots around there. And I was like, oh, my God, that took me four minutes. Like, yeah. it, I probably didn't I probably didn't fill up my gas tank for, like, three weeks. Yeah. I was so – that's such a – I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. Like, it, it was so refreshing, but it was just, like, so not what I'm used to. But same thing. When I was 12, I'm thinking Austin, you know, millions of people. Blah, like, I'm thinking that's normal for everybody, too. And it sure ain't. Like, you know, it, it, it's the, the – the differences in just size changes your perspective so much, but I think everybody probably thinks whatever I'm going through right now is like normal-ish. I mean, dude, Justin, you remember when I first moved uh, to Vermilion to go to USD, uh, they had just gotten a Walmart, <laughs> and I remember, I remember somebody was ta- I was talking to somebody like one of Sarah's friends or something, and he made a joke like, "Oh yeah, haha, we finally got a Walmart," and I laughed thinking he was kidding, but he wasn't. They yeah. like in 2006 or seven or whatever year that was, like they just got their first Walmart. That blew me away. Like it yeah. was genuinely like uh, honestly hard to to process. Justin, when you first moved to because you went to Nebraska, was there like a like a culture shock? Like when when you got to that type of a town? Well, so Omaha, I mean, it's kind of like this weird middle place, right? Like it's kind of like a small town feel, but kind of tries to be big city sometimes. It was a little bit of a a different culture in the sense that like you're kind of in a bigger city, like you had a lot of different diversity of people of 
socioeconomic status, of all sorts of different things. That was maybe different than what I had experienced before, but it was exciting. It was kind of cool to see all of that and things like that. And of course, a lot, some of your listeners might be thinking, well, Omaha is still a pretty small town and Mm -hmm. it probably is comparatively, but honestly, that's the biggest city, quote unquote city that I guess I've lived in. So that's my only experience for big city stuff as far as, you know, not just Rapids, like Rapids, like 80,000, 90 ish, maybe. Yeah, I think it's about 80,000 now. I haven't looked. I mean, I think at one point I looked at the census numbers from, but I don't yeah, remember exactly. It's growing a lot right now, which I'm sure a lot of cities are. But The last time we were there, that rooftop, like, fancy cocktail bar with all, like, the smoky whiskey things, like, that, it, it is, it definitely has a, like, it's got, like, a chic vibe going to it that I think is, is probably, at least I was surprised to find. It was honestly really, really fun. But, Kip, same thing with you, man. Like, when you went to college, what, did you go to, I, I hate to even, like, I'm not even trying to, like, but you went to USD, right? As I recall, you actually did go to USD. No, I went to uh, Dakota Wesleyan University in oh, Mitchell, South Dakota, which has right, a similar right. population up here, um, but really okay. small, small college. And, and essentially, I went to nursing school. Uh, so I got my associate's degree first, so I was actually in nursing classes my like freshman and sophomore year. I got my associate's degree, so I didn't have a like traditional uh, college experience per se. Then you know, you maybe have those like freshman sophomore year that kind of a lot of generals, not real specific stuff. Uh, before you get to like your third and four years classes that is a little more specific. But uh, so it was a two year program and, and was right into nursing like the first year. Or so um, hmm. small place. Yeah, you and, got into it. But yeah, I visited Kelsey and Justin a lot, uh, you know, during the weekends to, to, to have fun and stuff too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Vermilion certainly was good for, uh, for drinking uh, a lot, but that's something else entirely. If you guys, I mean, first of all, would you are, are would you ever even want to live in you know a, a quote unquote big city? Would you ever? Do you have any inclination to move to a town that has a million people plus? You know, like it, 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 I, I, obviously you both could. Like both of your jobs, you could probably travel anywhere. But like, but like in the the general idea, Kip, like, do you have any interest in living in a town? You know, is there any part of you that is intrigued with living in a town that is huge? No, I mean, it's it's quite a, a turnoff, actually. Like, it's just, huh. uh, I, I'm not a real people person. Uh, I don't like going around big crowds. Um, I, I know Kelsey just says I get, like, social anxiety sometimes. Or they're, like, just the more people seems to get around, it's just, like, especially anxiety or hard time. It's just, like, I don't enjoy it, per se. So. Same. I, I know short, that feeling. Short little visits. Like, I wouldn't mind coming to Denver for a weekend. And, you know, we go to Minneapolis and do, like, you know, wa- wa- worlds of water parks and, and the Mall of yeah, America and stuff. Short little, short little, uh, you know, bursts of it or whatever is good. But then it's like you get into those traffic situations, and, and I just want to like pull Bro. my, I want pull my Bro. hair out. I, I, I'm like, I just, why would I? Who would do this? You know, I'm like, why would you sit in your car like, this? like, uh, you waste get on the edge quick. So much time and and money on gas, but you waste so much time sitting waiting to get to the place you're trying to go to then have fun now now like the idea that you would choose to start to have fun once you get there because you have to sit in traffic before like when we take our kids to the zoo it's 45 minutes like we bring ipads and and headphones because i'm like no this is this is essentially a mini road trip like we're not just gonna jaunt over and jaunt back like we have to prepare for this kind of shit like it is it's i didn't mean i was telling justin but like the, the idea of traffic is just unheard of in pier and i'm guessing obviously any town i mean even justin in rapid like is there ever traffic like what's the worst traffic you've ever had so funny enough there is a little bit of traffic for about 15 minutes at the beginning of the day okay 15 minutes at the end so you think of like most people work at eight get done at around five so it's like 15 minutes at seven forty-five to eight and five fifteen to five thirty. <laughs> that's but that's my kind of traffic right there Okay, Kip, something I'm trying to, I don't know how to phrase this perfectly, but sorry, I'm just going to try. But something you said, Kip, it does intrigue me because I admit for as much as I enjoy doing, you know, these kind of things and even interviewing strangers is fun. I, I wouldn't consider myself a people person either. I, I, I just, but what is different in, in my opinion from a small town to a big town in a big town, I can go to the store and I am certain I will talk to no one. I will meet no one that I've ever met. I wouldn't have to talk. I don't have to see. 
when I went to the store in Pier, and I'd only lived there for like, you know, not even two and a half years. I think it was less than that, definitely. I would always see somebody that I sort of kind of knew. Always. So when I'm in line at the liquor store, when, I, when I'm just waiting for my burger at McDonald's, I have to make small talk. I am forced into the, the concept of talking about the weather or, or whatever, you know, just small talk bullshit that I hate. I am so bad at it. I don't like doing it. And I don't understand the point of it. Do you find that to be a thing? Because, like, I, I imagine, I mean, obviously, you've grown up there. You've been there for, you know, a larger percentage of the population than me. Do you find that annoying or do you, you're okay with that type of interaction socially? Yeah, at times I think you always get pulled into something, you know, a, a little longer conversation than you ever would at times. But uh, most of the times I think I just usually keep it to a, you know, hey, hi, how you doing? And then and then kind of keep it going. I, don't, I usually don't like let things, keep it moving. you know, progress too far in those, <laughs> you know, social situations anyway, unless I really want it to happen or whatever. But Yeah, yeah. No, that's the see, and maybe yeah, I'm not good at that. I guess I'm just like, oh shit, you're talking. I guess we're talking. Let's just like start. So like, I, yeah, I, I maybe I dive too deep. What percent? Shit. What I, I don't even. What percentage of the town of Pier, if you were in line standing in front of them, like what percent of them would you know their name? Like, do you? Th- what you know? What percentage of town do you actually know? Like, not even like know well, but you could at least be like, oh yeah, shit, I remember you. Like, how? How? What percentage? Oh, boy, that's a good good question. I think. You know, so I was in peer from, you know, obviously birth till 18 and then went to college. I went to uh, Springfield, South Dakota for a few years and then went, lived in Sioux Falls and I came back and yeah, it was that Sioux short Falls period. Of, five years? Yeah, I think it was like seven, maybe something like that. Dang. All right. All right. And uh, I think like even that short bit when I was gone, you know, when you're younger, you just kind of hang out with your friends. You know, I knew my like friends, parents and a few acquaintances like that. And then, you know, it was a 10 year stretch and then I came back and I think... Um, so I would say maybe, maybe five to 10% of the town, I might mail maybe 5%. So yeah. less than you would think just cause I did have a gap in there that, you know, if I was in town that a uh, 10 year stretch from like 18 to 28 or 18 to 33, I think probably would know quite a few more people just for acquaintances. But I think there's yeah. definitely a gap there that I feel, uh, as, yeah, as I, I got older. Yeah, I forgot you. You really did have a long time away. I, I kind of forgot that, but yeah, like that's. St- but still, that you even five to ten as an estimate is, I mean, that is unheard of, and obviously in any other town, like they, they I, I barely, I don't even know my neighbors to the right of me. Like literally, I don't even know their name. They moved in like three months ago. I don't know their name. I probably never will. Like I, I like that's, and that's just the extent of it. Like if that's that's how we do it in, in a big town, and I have to admit, I prefer that. I, I enjoy the anonymity. Does any part of y'all, because I, I seriously, I enjoy that. And I mean, obviously, the, I haven't been to a bar and been like rip roaring in shit years. I mean, it's, it's pre kids, obviously. But if I was an absolute mess, like a rip roaring drunken mess in pier, that story doesn't go away. If I'm a rip roaring mess at the bar that I can walk to from my house, they wouldn't even remember me the next time I walked in. If I just shaved, I would. They wouldn't even. Know. Does any part of you? Do, do you do you do you enjoy not being anonymous, or does any part of you want that anonymity? Like I, I admit, I'm not phrasing this correctly, but this is I'm kind of winging this because it's interesting. Do, does any part of you want to be anonymous at any given time? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? I think that there's part of everyone that's like values that, right? Like you could be able to do something and not have to worry about it, but. You know, I, I guess I've seen a little bit of both sides of it where there's kind of some nice things about that anonymity, like what you're saying, Joseph, being able to go to the bar or go do some stupid karaoke or something yes. and not have to worry about like, oh, do I, you know, am I going to run into yeah. these people in a professional setting, you know, the next day or <laughs> next week or whatever. And they're going to be like, oh, you're that, you're that guy that was terrible at singing, you exactly. know, Bye 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 by NSYNC or something dumb, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, yeah, I mean. So, but overall, the, the idea of knowing, I mean, it, it, I think it is, is the safety of knowing a, a good chunk of your, of your neighbors and whatnot, is that worth trading the anonymity? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I, you know, when I go out and stuff, I'm never too crazy. You know, um, probably more crazy just like you know at home 
you know, hanging out with, with Joseph and Justin some night on, on a weekend or whatever. But that part you know, is that was. Well, there's always that saying, you know, you don't shit where you eat, you know. And I kind of, kind of take that fair. It's like, you know, if someone, you know, sees you out and stuff like that. So, um, not saying it could never happen, but I'm pretty conscious of, uh, you know, I guess how I'm acting in public and that kind of stuff. So, and and I'll just add to that that like the funny thing is is, you know, we've moved out to Rapid City now for probably three years or so, and I peripherally know my neighbors but not all that well like i if i saw them i'd probably say hi but it's not like i know them that Hmm. close or anything so there's kind of this middle ground too where it's maybe not like it used to be in the old days where everyone knows each other and you have your you know keys to each other's houses and things like that so yeah no that's interesting that's that's probably a really uh, that's probably i mean i'm certain if you live in a town of like 400 people obviously but i mean even a town like rapid which does kind of feel like a big town like dude when we went downtown and we played that uh that video game bar like that underground basement video like that felt just like anywhere I, we could have been in any city in america and i wouldn't have known the difference it's it's just it's strangers drinking and playing video games which i've done here in denver like we, we go to a place called pinistry same thing that maybe it's maybe that is the future. The idea that yeah, it's it's maybe small, but I mean, even Kip, I mean, you only know five to ten percent. Like the idea of of wanting and reaching out to ninety percent of your town, that concept might just be dead. That concept might just that's not happening anymore. And when you say video games, you mean video, video lottery games or like Ooh. actual video games? I mean video game games. We were playing Justin and I, his wife and my wife were playing this like four man aggressive. Pac-Man game that like you try to eat each other or something like, it was I, I was pretty fucked up but like it was a really fun game and like the four of us were playing a stand-up arcade game and then we turned around ordered a beer from the bar turned back around and kept playing stand-up arcade games it was a fucking blast honestly but that's a great let's actually let's 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 go that way H- how popular is video lottery in in Pierce South Dakota uh, what, what to do if you were to ballpark what percentage of the population partakes yeah, I thought you were, this was going to be a quiz on uh, how much revenue uh, the lottery <laughs> makes in South Dakota. Because I think we looked that up in the past. I can't remember. It was like, wasn't like the state makes like $200 million or something just on like video lottery. I remember but, that night we did look Well, up. and $200 million doesn't even, for a lot of your listeners, $200 million might not sound like a lot. But if you if you compare it as like a percentage of yeah. the annual state budget, video lottery is like a larger percentage than most people would think and i i'm not even gonna speculate on the numbers right now but i remember looking it up at one point it's some huge percentage of the state's budget million dollars in a state that has less than a million people that is a lot of money that is ins- it's two hundred dollars a person probably more because i think it was like eight hundred eighty thousand people last i checked that is insane but hey kip guess what that brings us to this week's quiz round two everybody pier south dakota has fourteen thousand people how many businesses bars restaurants video lot little spots how many businesses have lottery machines in pier according to lottery.sd.gov who and we've probably played at most of them <laughs> I, I mean quite literally maybe even all of them <laughs> so this is a clarification question i don't know if you can answer it um you know how they break those lottery rooms down is it just establishments oh, yeah. So yeah, like, I'm you going know, by like, establishments. Not yeah, that okay. one spot we went through was like three separate technically things. Yeah. Not that. I don't think. The, the, I mean, I don't have the article up with me right now, but as I remember reading it, I, th- I think it means overall just buildings. So I'm gonna go with uh, 25 locate 30 locations for video lottery and pier. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably more than you might think, and I was thinking originally probably around 10, and so. There's probably a lot more that are just like little hidden places and areas you don't even think about. So I think it's more than 10, but I guess According, I'm going to say 17. Right. Holy shit, 17. That's, that's the answer. That's what? According to, again, according to lottery.sd.gov, 17 businesses, bars, restaurants, et cetera. Oh. That's good. fucking solid guess, sir. <laughs> solid guess. Uh, okay, so of the 14,091 people in Pier, that's of the 2020 census, uh, which is surprisingly – that's not the smallest city, which, by the way, for anybody listening, Pier is the capital of South Dakota. It's actually not the smallest city 
to be a state capital. I assumed, incorrectly, I assumed it was the smallest city population-wise to be a state capital. How many other states in the United States have a smaller population than Pierre and are also the state capital? One. I'm going to go three. One. Justin's on fire. (laughs) Can you name that state? And bonus points, can you name the city? There's no way you'll get the city. I think I can. I think I can. Only because I think this was a trivia thing, and I'm totally going to make an ass out of myself because I'm probably going to get it wrong. If but you I, get this, you are literally the best quiz taker this show. I want to say it's Montpelier, Vermont. Holy fucking shit. How <laughs> did you get? Yes. How did you know that? Where did you see that before? So being from Pierre, it's like a common thing that everyone says is like, holy shit, you only have 14,000 in your estate capital. So I feel like it's like a thing that people talk about more often than you would what? imagine being from small Clearly. places like that. Clearly. So, I never, I never got that you, talk. Yeah, I was like, yeah, would, yeah. You, would you have even had any? Okay, okay. No. So uh, how many, This is, I can't believe, Justin, there's no way you'll get this. I can't, I'm stunned you got the first three. You nailed the first, anyways. What's the population of Montpellier, Vermont? I mean, I can guess only because I know that you said earlier that Pierre is 14,000. Yes, 14,000. I think right. it's got to be not much less than that if I had to guess. I, I, I'm going to say it's probably like, Thirteen thousand. Kip. Ten. You Google it. You Google it. You ch- oh no, you're not Google it. Seven thousand four hundred and seventy-seven. Oh, wow. Which is insane. Absolutely insane. Last question of this quiz: How many businesses and gambling establishments does Montpellier, Vermont, have that allow video lottery? Zero. Yeah, that's a good guess. I'm gonna say I don't know much about Vermont in general, but I'm gonna guess that they're more tend to be more a little bit liberal on the blue side of things and i don't know that video lottery is a thing that's very popular there so yeah probably probably zero zero is the right answer <laughs> absolutely i love it so the the thing that i i don't know i i've tried to explain the fun of video lottery to people and i don't think many but honestly none of my friends who are all gamblers we all like sports gambling and whatnot but they don't get it the the fun of sports game the fun of video lottery to you is it the the actual act of video lottery, or is it the social concept of video lottery? Like, what what attracts you to it? Because I, I'll admit, moving when I first moved there, and I thought, and I heard that that was like a thing people did. I was like, oh god, is that really what I'm gonna end up having to do? And now every time I'm there, I'm like, so when are we gonna go, guys? Hey, guys, come on, hey, let's come on, hey, come on, let's, let's go, guys. What is it that's fun about it to you? Because I mean, it is. It's not. It's not dice. It's not cards. What, why do you enjoy video slot lottery? Yeah, I think it's a social thing for me and, and, you know, say apart from maybe occasionally if I'm out with the the family going and and burning just a little bit of money, uh, it's mainly just, you know, Justin's in town. We want to get away from the kids and the wife for a few hours and (laughs) and we're going to go put some money in the machine. And ironically, you know, my my brother put me out of this this, uh, saying, but we always call it shredding, going to shred money. I mean, I mean, it's just, you know, you go with what you, you can go to lose and I mean... A few times we've walked away with a little bit of money. And, and, and you know, sometimes a little, I mean, a good chunk of money, like 100 bucks or something would be an awesome yeah. night to walk away with, <laughs> minus true. what you put in. Um, but, you know, it, it's just a social thing and, and getting out of the house a little bit, and, you know, and specifically on the, the winter months when you just need to get out and, and uh, have a few beers with some friends. Yeah, I would agree. Just to build off of what Kip said, you know, in a small town place in South Dakota, you don't have the big entertainment options that you might have in a bigger city. You don't have like a concert to go to or like a sweet bar or whatever. So sometimes you might just go to the local place and play video lottery and you spend 40, 60, 80, a hundred bucks on video lottery and it's entertainment for a couple hours and it's fun. It's social. Um, so I would definitely say the social part of it, but yeah. uh, I would also say that like, playing it by yourself i don't know if either of you have done that but one time i was like well you know i'm here you know and i did it it's boring it sucks like <laughs> video lottery by yourself like with no one around it's not fun it's yeah so definitely the, the fun, social part the fun was the fact that we would pool our money and then you know if we if one wins we all win and that is it may it changes the game 
the the game wasn't so much like, all right, I wonder if I press this button, will I win? The game was just like, what machine are we all going to collectively pick? Let's try to ride the vibe. Like, it's a very, it's a much more ethereal concept than I ever would have pictured for just like fucking throwing twenty dollars on a machine and pressing a button. But it, like, I've had so much fun doing that. It is just, it is hard to explain. But I think, I think the think problem it goes. The, go the problem with that, is, you know, excuse me. The problem with that is. All those other people that are in there with you don't have the same concept. I mean, no. they are just burning through it. It's a, <laughs> it's a job. It, it seems like the way just they're putting in the corner. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for them and stuff. And that's and that's right. kind of like the big problem is just like we're addicted to the video lottery money, but yeah. uh, and a lot of people have huge problems with it. But you know, there are people that do enjoy it, and uh, you know, yeah. just like us, just want to go out and have you know you know we have some money to lose we do entertainment value but yeah i i would also say that half of the entertainment with video lottery has nothing to do with whether you're going to win money or lose money it's how ridiculous the games themselves are and how like the ai on how they put together like some coder who just came out of like (laughs) learning how to code created some cheap ass program and <laughs> yeah. no, I think it was a trucker, yeah. a trucker that hashtag learned to code and <laughs> yeah. they did the long horn. And, you know, long just like, horn, what can baby. I build upon my uh, United States travels to create a yeah. game that like gets people to, <laughs> to play? And it works. Route 66 and it yeah. does work because I play it. But it, it goes along with the concept that I found that, that is prevalent in peer is the idea that you're going to make your own fun. And regardless of where I've ever lived, fun that I have participated in making, be, even, even going back to, like, college, we, we created, me and my, my roommate, my dorm mate, we created a game where, like, you bounce a tennis ball off the wall and off the ceiling and into a trash can. And we're like, those kinds of games are more fun than anything else I've ever played in my life. And the idea that we kind of made up our own like bullshit games, like all right, take turns pressing the spin button, or when we're drinking in Kip's garage, those types of moments, like we you know we were playing like drinking games or whatever, like that type of fun is more real, certainly more unique type of fun than no matter. I mean, even the video game uh, bar that we went to, Justin, like that's fun, but fucking around and making up your own game is more fun. Oh, and yeah. that's something I found. That spirit is, is that goes deep in small town South Dakota, and I'm, I'm assuming most small towns. But that spirit goes deep. Is that something that you guys talk about, or it's just kind of just assumed that, like, yeah, we're going to make our own fun tonight, like that? It, it, you know what I mean? Like, is that something that you you actively realize you're doing, or it's just kind of so not natural that, like, yeah, shit, let's go drink, obviously, and then make up a game? Like, it, is that just commonplace? Yeah, I think it's kind of natural. I mean, I mean. You think all the other games that kind of go along with it, just like bean bags and then yes. uh, frisbee, uh, you know, the beer be- beers bee, and some of those other yeah. things that you do at the beach and stuff. That just like at one time somebody obviously made them up and you know or, or brought them in, and but now it's just kind of common to to kind of see those you know social games, you know, kind of wherever you're at, you know, socializing anywhere. Yeah, I love yeah, it. I think it comes out a lot of necessity, right? Like you don't have all these options to go like do you know some of these big production like i can't even think like go to sports events and things like that all the time like of course sometimes you do but sometimes you're just hanging around with buddies shooting the shit drinking beer and it comes down to competition right like fuck i fuck you like i'm better at than you at whatever i don't know let's find something skipping rocks anything rocks throwing a tennis ball against the wall or throwing a frisbee in a you know small shoot for Whatever that game is, and and beanbags too. Yeah, yeah, that too. can jam thing. Like can they, jam. All of yeah. those games, obviously, were just rigged up one day. Just like, and, and those yeah. are the most fun games. Like, I, I really do. Like, I freaking love it, man. Like that that type of spirit is something that I seriously want, like my kids to have. Like, I I want that. I I don't want them to constantly be asking or, or saying like, oh, I played all, I played with all my toys, or we need a new game. Like, no, no, no. Think, create one like trust me they are way more fun like that's seriously that's the kind of spirit that i want to have like for my kids and 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 speaking of kids i'm gonna try wow jesus christ it's already been an hour i guess we'll end on this in in 50 years ish you guys both have kids your kids are grown they're they're in their mid 50s early 60s or whatever what does peer look like in your opinion and obviously we're guessing 
But what does Pierre, and I mean by, by proxy most small towns, the concept of, but in, in 50 years, are, are your kids still there? Have they moved out? Have they, all their friends moved out? Has it, have it grown? Has it suddenly doubled in size? Where is, is Pierre in, in 2065? 77, whatever the fuck math is. You know what I mean? When our kids are fully, fully grown and they have kids, what does Pierre look like? Well, I'll start yeah, by I would, just I would saying... Say, no, go ahead, Justin. I'll, I, I'll just start by saying that I think traditionally small-town, rural America has been slowly dying out over the you know last... Since basically World War II, a lot of times jobs were more centrally located in big cities and things like that. I would say, and I predict, that we're starting to see a little bit of a reversal of that trend. I think that, especially with the pandemic and things like that, people are able to work from home. Mm. I, I think people are starting to see some value in moving more rural areas where there's not such big crowds, where you don't have to pay you know, $5,000 for a, a three-bedroom apartment in some <laughs> you know, postal square-like little tiny area. Yeah. And so there's some benefits of you get more room, stretch your legs, bigger house, bigger, more land and things like that in more rural areas. So I, I think that there's going to be some growth there. I don't know that it's ever going to be like double in size or all of a sudden every, like the big cities die out. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I think there will be a steady increase to more, what I would consider rural or small town areas because of the popularity and, and people finding some benefits to that. I buy that. I buy that fully. Kip, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think Pierre probably will remain largely the same. I think, you know, like other cities like Rapid City and Sioux Falls are obviously having like tremendous growth. Um, you know, I think it's going to get a little bit bigger, but I think, you know, a lot of the stuff, and I'm sure you, you know, Joseph, you heard this, just like people get here maybe because of the work or whatever, and they just decide if it they love it or they hate it and, and uh you know if you like outdoors sports um you know fishing boating you know pro, you know largely no other p- better place to be um i think right now there's kind of a trend to be outside with the pandemic and stuff i think that's self-evident in the um, um the camping reservations that the state of south dakota has seen over the past year Dude. i think it like went like 20 percent higher than it ever been the last few years just because people want to get outside they're stuck inside they like they like the outdoors that kind of thing but uh as far as my kids leaving i mean i to, obviously tore it up to them and, and i don't have a ballpark yeah. when they get older i guess you can see how well they you know react to the town that do they like being around do they, they find activities to do and if that's not the case i definitely could see them not enjoying pure you know later in life hmm. First of all, I see they obviously everyone's personality is different. I mean, you can't predict what they're going to be like. But yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Like, yeah, the camping industry exploded. We our kids just for some reason wanted last Christmas, not this most recent one, but the one before. They wanted sleeping bags for Christmas, and I was like, all right, whatever. So we went online. Everywhere was sold out because everyone's pandemic camping. Like everyone. So like, it, it. I mean, it's true probably in South Dakota and probably everywhere. But it, the idea that the the inner city is eventually going to to die out i i mean die out's not the right word because justin you're right it's not going to die but yeah the the idea that that more and more and more people i mean denver i think averages like three thousand people a, a month move here that can't sustain itself like that's just it, that just based on math that can't sustain itself so i i think you're right i i think the idea that there might be not like a mass exodus, but like a, a slow trickle back to the concept of like, hey, the, I'm going to go somewhere where like, you know, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and shit. Like <laughs> they really might be like a, a, a regression back to that concept because I got to admit it was fucking beautiful living in that town. Like, dude, the, the river in pier is possibly the most fun I've ever had. Like literally with any one thing. Like I'd, I would go paddle boarding on it. We would go, I, I, we would go boating. I would go on either one of your boats because I don't know how to, I don't want to drive a boat. But like that, that kind of shit is super fun. However, and I, <laughs> I might have told the story once before on the paddle, I think I did, but that, that there's two bridges uh, in Pier, South Dakota. There's one where the cars drive on and there's one that I thought was abandoned. 
<laughs> I don't think I've told you guys this because I was incredibly embarrassed. That 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 uh, the train bridge. You guys know the, the bridge oh, I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that I, I ran across that one day thinking? Oh it was totally shit, embar- bro! I, when I moved there, I was just taking a jog one day, and I was like, oh, oh, "That'd be kind of cool. I bet that's a cool view." And I was like, "It looks like it's abandoned." So I just ran across that some bitch, and as I was like, coming back. The, the fucking train came like oh, by shit. no means that I like I didn't have to dive out the way or anything like I'm not I'm not this is not some movie but fucking train came as you guys know trains are prone to do on train tracks I had no idea running back across that thing that that was even a thing but regardless that river is so much fun and, it, and if anybody out there ever wants a good paddleboarding spot the Missouri in pier is possibly the best paddleboarding spot I've ever seen like it, it is absolutely gorgeous so I don't even know how to end this with that. Eh, I, I don't even know how to end that up with that at all. If you guys will end it with this, if you had to move, you had to move outside of South Dakota. And to be fair, not North Dakota or Nebraska. You had to move, move, talking 1,000 miles. Where would you go if you had to? That's a good question. I, I mean, you know, I I would maybe polar opposite you know, just simply because it's like, well, you know, want to do something totally different. Like I could envision myself, and this is if like money and finances wasn't an issue, yeah, yeah, right? Obviously, yeah. Go move to the Florida Keys and just freaking have a shack on the freaking water or something like that <laughs> and not have to deal with the day to day. But, you know, that's like retired life because how are you going to raise a kid and no, yeah. kids in that situation and things like that? So I don't know if that's a realistic response, but that's just like total <laughs> opposite of, I can dig it. <laughs> you know, South Dakota, I guess. Yeah, a th- thousand miles would be probably pretty tough just because, you know, kind of like Midwest and, and that kind of thing. But I, I, I can see some appeal in the, you know, some smaller mountain town or, um, you know, some smaller town mm-hmm. in Montana, Colorado. Uh, so you'd Utah, stay cold, something though. like that. I can see that. You'd stay. Cold. I like the four like, seasons. A... I like the four seasons okay. for sure. And, and okay. somewhere near water for sure. You know, something for water yeah. sports. You know, whether it's a reservoir or or a lake, river, something like that. That's in fact. I'm going to try to. I'll, I'll wrap it up on this because, and I found the people in Pier were just nice. I mean, just incredibly nice people. But I think that has a lot to do with water. Right. And I, I think George Carlin had an old bit where he's like, when you're staring at a lake or a river, or I think it, he might have even been saying beach. But he's like, the best part about staring at water is that you only have assholes on three sides of you now because they can't be in front of you. And I think that that is that goes a, a far way because everybody in Pier was just kind of chill. Like, who's mad on a boat? Who's mad at the beach? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, I, I think that affects a, a, a culture in a town, and maybe that's why Pierre was just so chill. Like, everybody's pretty calm there, and it, it's it's just really, really nice. And uh, and yeah, y'all are uh, y'all are pretty chill dudes. Thank you for coming on, man. This uh, I, I I've got like twelve more questions written down. This is becoming a theme. Apparently, I just <laughs> over prepped for this shit. So y'all want to come back? We can do this again. Is what I'm saying. Do you, do you guys want to come back later? Because this was awesome, man. Thank y'all for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great. Yeah, cool. Hell, thanks, for having us, man. Yeah. South Dakota's finest, y'all. We will see you next week.